Hey, it's me, your favorite neighborhood lesbian, just dropping by to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by you, the patrons on Patreon, and anybody else supporting this podcast. If you're not a patron, you can become one for as little as $3 a month and get early access to episodes and vlogs that I drop. You can also be involved in exclusive live streams for patrons only and many other giveaways that I'm in the process of planning on doing. So if you want to become a patron, click the link in the description below and uh, help support this podcast and the show. And to all the current patrons, thank you so much for the support. I love you all very much. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, we're recording. All right, so awesome. hello. This Hi. I don't even know what episode this is, but th- I have Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, you how did well? How did we meet? We met through TikTok. Yep. And um, and we became friends. I don't even remember how we became friends. To be quite honest. Like, I don't even know how I got on your radar. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thankful I did, but like, I don't, I don't I'm even know. I'm thankful you did too. You've been amazing. You've been completely amazing. I um, think it was through your, through the podcast. Definitely. When I first started watching that and then leaving comments and then you started talking back. Right. Right. Yeah. For those of you who say that I don't answer comments back, I do. Um, she does. But so now I'm, I have you on because um, it's, I, I guess it's what is it adoption awareness month is that what it yeah, is okay I think so and you now I have I've interviewed somebody who was adopted and now you have have adopted you are the adopter yes. um <laughs> and so I guess I just want to get your story first like how did this whole thing come come to be what prompted you to to adopt and then we'll go from there so there you go. Floor is yours. Well, basically, I couldn't have kids of my own because I ended up having a hysterectomy in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew I was born to be a mom. Apparently, that just wasn't the right path. So I ended up looking into adoption, which is incredibly expensive if you haven't seen. It's like $30,000, $40,000. It is? And it is. And there is no guarantee that you will get the baby. Like, if the mother changes her mind because there's, I don't know what it's called, but there's like a time where they can like change, you're out that money. So yeah. it's, it's very risky. So we looked into foster care and we decided to go that route, which was foster to adopt. Okay. And so you have to get, you have to become a certified foster parent either way. And then that involves like six months of a lot of training Mm-hmm. A lot of people invading your life because <laughs> you're taking in kids. So they basically have to like go all the way back, like 20 years back into your history to make sure there's nothing bad. You have to like, go through a lot of like CPR, um, first aid training, trauma training, abuse training. You learn a lot. Wait, abuse training. What How is to that? deal with children who come into your home who have been abused. Oh my God. Okay. So sexual abuse, physically abused. Um, For example, I had a five-year-old who showed up at my door and his face was black and blue. Oh my God. Black eye and a busted lip. And he had actually come from another foster home. Well, that's what I was going to ask you that too. Do you find that as much as, um, like you're given that training as a foster parent. I've heard a lot about the system as a whole, like how foster homes aren't the, always the best. Is that true? That is true. They're, I mean, some are good and some are bad. Um, my older kids came from a home where she actually, they were hit and that's not allowed. You're not allowed to have any kind of physical discipline whatsoever. Um, Foster homes are basically supposed to be like a safe haven. Right. And some people just don't follow that. Why? (laughs) It's such a loaded question, I know. But like, if you're, to me, it's like if you are going out of your way to basically volunteer your house and your resources to children, Mm -hmm. why are you then going? It's like, 
why are you then going to be abusive and not follow the rule? I don't understand that. I think some people just aren't prepared. Um, I've had kids that were easy. I've had kids that were extremely difficult. I've had like the police at my house every night for months because I had a very violent child that liked to overturn tables and Aww. throw things. Um, what do you and I think for some people, they don't expect that. They don't know how to handle that. And so they just react the way wrong way. Right, right. So I, I, when you say you're, you're, you go through that training, you're trained to kind of be more empathetic to a child who is overturning tables and right. chairs. To learn where that's coming from, which for most of it, it's, it's mainly trauma. Because right. these kids aren't removed for no reason. Right, exactly. You don't just take a kid out of its home for no reason, right? Um, yeah. How long did you foster for? Um, I've been doing it for eight years. You're still doing it? Yes. Okay. Now, um, my question is, what sets it apart? Like, what sets it, you apart from, like, what sets a child apart from like a foster kid to a kid that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to adopt. Cause you've adopted, right? Yes. Okay. So yep. you've adopted one or two. You've adopted two. One. One, just one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now what made you, was it just a connection that you had with her that you were like, okay, I'm adopting her. She's, she's. Well, my goal from the beginning was to adopt. Right. 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 You no, know, I didn't want to, I don't want my kids to leave. That's heartbreaking. I think I've had 34 in eight years. You've had 34 kids in eight years. Yeah. They oh. usually come in like threes or fours. And I've had babies that I've had for like over a year and had to say goodbye to them. Oh. It's, it's heartbreaking. Okay. The only, and this is going to be really stupid to say, but. You, no, don't do that. You're not stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, the only real like not even experience have you ever seen the, the show the fosters yes and it is not realistic at it's all not realistic okay <laughs> now when you, no when you, i had to stop watching that you did it's not realistic. i did i was like this is not realistic because they literally fucking adopt every single kid that come essentially in the show every single kid that comes into their house ends up getting adopted. now there are families that do that when yep. i was waiting to adopt i had met people who had adopted every kid they had holy shit and i think some of them like five or six and i'm like well jesus christ and i couldn't get one <laughs> they kept leaving what so that that does happen but you know the whole relationship thing and the fosters that would never <laughs> right that would not be allowed oh yeah right by law that can't happen right like yeah no no now do you want to do you see yourself being a soft uh foster parent for, for a long time? I don't know. Um, I was doing it with somebody for the first six years. And so for the last two and a half, I've been on my own. Right. And that's and tough. It is. <laughs> it's very tough. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I might continue as the kids get older, but I haven't, I haven't really decided. Right. Do you want to adopt any more? Oh, yeah. You do. You want to adopt. How many more do you do you see yourself adopting? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I would like to adopt my older ones, but there's been some changes made. So how, I don't how know. Old are you? 15 and 13. 15 and 13. And you want to adopt them? I do. And now uh, when you say there have been changes, what are the changes? Like to the law, the rules and stuff? No. Um, my oldest, who was having some issues, has asked to go back to her birth mom. Got it. Okay. Got it. That's so, gotta be fucking heart-wrenching. Yep. Um, yeah. She's been with me five and a half years, so yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I don't think people understand. It's not just, uh, you take a kid in, you take care of them for a while, and then... If they go like there, especially if you have older kids, 
something like this could happen where they make a, the decision. You know, it's 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 also hard yeah. for the foster parents as well. You know, I'm, I would assume that it's hard for the kids too when you're coming in and you're going to a new foster home and you're hoping to be, I'm sure kids are hoping to be adopted because there's got to be that sense. Do you find with the kids that there's a sense of like, they just want to fucking be accepted? Generally, but um, for the most part, they just want to go home. They want to go back home to their... They want to be with their family, with their parents. So it's um, it's bittersweet, you know, it, it's hard. You want them to have the life here, but a lot of times it's only temporary. Right. I mean, there's always more coming, but, you know, it's never easy when they leave. I, I stay in touch with probably half of the ones that I've had. Aww. They contact me and find me on TikTok and stuff like that. And I even have one, she's 12 now. And it's been like four years since I've seen her and she's back in the system. So she like contacts me on TikTok and she's like, mom, come get me. Oh, they call you like, mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, when you say back in the system, is it, is it mainly like these kids are in and out of foster care? It's not something that's consistent. Yeah. Well, for this particular one, they had already been removed three times before I got them. So I was actually supposed to adopt her and her two sisters and they ended up going back home. Wow. Did they want to be adopted? They did. They did. They also wanted to be with their parents. So um, I knew how that was going to work out just from the time I've been doing it because I knew them. So I knew it was just a matter of time before they were going to be back. And unfortunately that's how it worked out. Can they, what now you said they're back in the system. Mm-hmm. Can they request to be with you again or no? They can, they have, their family has requested that they come back to me. The problem is you can only have a certain amount of children in your home at a time, depending oh. on the amount of room. So you can only have like two kids to a room. Generally, sometimes I'll make an exception and do three. The laws are always changing. Um, but especially with, the kids I have because they're considered, what are they considered? Challenging? Okay. They don't want to disrupt the home. Got it. Okay. So, um, yeah. Do you have like um, kids that are considered like flight risks and stuff like that? Uh, Yeah. Right now, in fact. (laughs) You're dealing with one right now. Mm-hmm. Cause was, she's, that was I'm not going to say her name, but she, um, yeah, she's, she's run since she came back. She was gone, uh, for a few hours. And the other time she was gone for four days. I think I remember that was when I made a post about it too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be now she's, you didn't adopt her. No, we, no, I have been trying and trying because like I said she's been with me five and a half years um we did what's called AP paperwork back in February which is when they start adoption proceedings and they're technically no longer in foster care right. um and then the paperwork got screwed up and I had to redo it it got screwed up again I had to redo it it got screwed up again I had to redo it it got screwed up again oh my god and uh I just found out it got screwed up again so <laughs> Basically, we have to keep going back and redoing this paperwork and then just put everything on hold. And then COVID happened. Okay. And that set us back as well. So um, one of the most hard things for them is I adopted Anna, but she came after them. And so that wasn't fair to them. How that worked out. Do, Do they have like a little bit of like anger about it? Uh, they did, yeah. It made it it made it very hard, Cause especially the, the day she was adopted. Like I couldn't, I was happy and excited, but I had to take their feelings into consideration. So I couldn't like show it all that much, you know. Right. right. So that made it hard. And and that's just because of the process, right? Like that's that's just really what it is. But as kids, they don't understand. Obviously, it had more to do with the tribes. Okay, so. 
Anna is actually their niece. She is their oldest sister's daughter. Oh shit, the one that you would the one that you adopted. Yes. Is their oldest sister's daughter. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's how I got her because her mom wanted her with her siblings. Okay. So the hospital called and um told me about Anna and she was born addicted to meth and heroin. So meth and heroin? Yeah. So I went and um saw her in the hospital, but I had to visit her for a few days before I could actually bring her home. And um at the time I actually had three other kids. I had the two I have now and their brother. But he did not do well with me having to focus on a baby. Got it. Because my my time was now divided. Even though we sat them down and said, okay, look, I got a call from your sister. She wants me to take the baby. Are you guys okay with this? And they were totally on board with it. But a new baby, you know, takes time. And with Anna, she she would choke in her sleep. She would have um, acid reflux. Okay. Which is fairly common in that situation. And it was hard because she didn't make a sound when it happened. You would just basically look over and she would be in distress. Um, and all you had to do was sit her up and she, it would clear right. her. But yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. I didn't sleep much. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, how, wait, how old is, how old is she now? Four. Oh, she's four. So you, four. so your adopted daughter you've had since basically since birth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you as a foster mom don't look at the kids any differently, you know, like just because by law she's your adopted daughter doesn't make your love for the other children any less. No. Any kid that walks through that door is mine. Right. As soon as they come through that door, whether they're here for a few hours or a few months, they're mine. Right, right. I have to say, it takes a special kind of person to to do that. Um, you know, like I love children and children love me, but I know for a fact, as much as I love children, I mean, I guess with the proper training and stuff like that, but it would be very hard to deal with, with kids that um, that have, you know, like, violent ish, violence issues like it, it is it hard for you sometimes when a kid is turning over your table your kitchen table to kind of have that empathy or do you think that the training that you're given is like it or do you have there's, that? there's definitely days where you don't right where um, you want to punch a kid in the head <laughs> yeah what is that movie instant family or something like that yes that is my freaking life and there's a part in that movie where the kid comes down the stairs and she just broke something and he steps on it and she's like oh did that hurt that's too bad and i crack up every time because i've been there right 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 (laughs) you know or i'm like oh okay whatever so you would say that that movie's more realistic than yes okay yes especially the like i mean things moved really quick i think in my opinion in the court system but um, as far as things that go wrong and the heartbreak of all of that, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's gotta be, it's gotta take an emotional toll on everybody involved. It does. It absolutely does. And, um, <laughs> I use TikTok as my escape, you know, right. and, and you guys. So that's, yep. I, so I guess sometimes like we don't think about, you know, like, that part of as especially me as a gay female right like adoption is always on the table you know if I meet a woman and she's my girlfriend and we get married and she says I don't want to physically give birth to a child but I want a child and I want to adopt like I've never considered the other side of it I feel like the other side of it is foster care and being a foster parent and and you know that is so different i think than just it's almost like you pick out a baby and you're like this is the baby and like when it the the, i don't know what the terminology what you would call it like 
the difference between being a foster parent to adopt and and going through an adoption agency is there like different terminology I don't know if I would say terminology, but more than likely, if you're going from an agency, you're going to get a healthy baby. Right, right. You're going to get a baby that hasn't come from an abusive home or um, because even even babies who aren't born drug addicted, if they're coming from an abusive home where there's fighting and, and hitting and stuff like that, that is going to impact the baby right. after it is born. And people don't don't realize that. Um, Anna had something where she had nightmares. She had something called sensory nightmares where they tell you that when children are born, they relive their birth. Well, for what happened to Anna is, I guess as a therapist put it, she relived it and felt it. So when she was born, because she was born drug addicted, she was automatically stuck with IVs and needles and everything else. So she would wake up screaming because she was reliving that. Oh, that's got it. That's another dumbass thought. She was like missing her mom or something. Like oh. I figured she was missing that connection to her birth mom. I had no idea what she was going through. Do you feel that sense of like, um, do you f- at times feel like insecure? Um, like, like, almost inadequate like I'm not the birth mother is is that is that an like a psychological thing for you absolutely especially because of the fact that they're on to a tribe you know there's a lot that goes into that and so I'm constantly trying to um, keep them connected to that culture and and that's not always easy some people are accepting of it other people are not accepting of the fact like because you're you're saying like you you are a white female, right? That's your race, and yeah. the kids that you're fostering are are um, are they black or Hispanic? Hispanic, Native American, Native American. Okay, so like there's different cultural backgrounds, and that's yeah. obviously a whole like that's like cognitive dissonance. I'm sure like there there's probably a a little bit of a what am I trying to say like a bump in the road I guess right like another that was a huge bump in the road you you um you gotta know your Native American history on that one I had to do a lot of research to to find out because after Anna was with me like she was probably with me about three days before I got a call from someone from the tribe saying we're gonna come out to see her to make sure you're not stealing her from her tribe wow and I was like what the like right like, why right. would you say that? Right. Um, so I had to do my history and, and learn about all of that. And it made a lot of sense. Um, so back in the 1800s, they wanted to assimilate the Native Americans. And they had um, the U.S. government. They opened up these boarding schools. And this jerk named Pratt, he had a motto for the schools, which was kill the Indian and the man, but save the man. So they had armed police walk onto reservations and take people's children. And they weren't allowed to say no. If they tried to hide their children, then they lost food. They were arrested. What? They had no, I'm telling you, I encourage everybody to take a Native American history because what they teach us in school at a young age is not what happened. Um, so basically a white dude came in and was like to steal the native american kids the u.s government the u.s government did this mm-hmm. and then they had a bureau of indian affairs and that was basically meant to decrease the power of the native tribes so they took these kids they forced them into these boarding schools mm. they changed their names they give them white names Basically, I hate saying that. I feel like I'm saying something racist, but that's honestly what it they, is. They whitewashed um, names. Exactly. New names, new clothes, cut their hair. They weren't allowed to speak their language, see their parents. Um, if they did, they were severely punished. They were beaten. They put lie in their mouth. There were kids that died in these schools. They put lie in kids' yes. mouths? This yes. is what our government did? Yes. How did this not... Exactly. 
This exactly. This went on for 25 years, 100 schools. Some were on the reservations, but most of them were like 100 miles away from the reservations. And you um, said this was in the 1800s? Yes. Okay. Yep. And um, once the schools got closed down, um, so the reason they come at me is because um, I don't know the exact time frame, but at one point, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, they brought social workers onto the reservations and they started bullying the parents trying to take the kids again, basically saying that they were neglecting them because you got kids running around barefoot, you know, without a shirt on or whatever, playing outside, just being kids. Right. But they looked at it as that's not okay. Okay. Not civilized, basically. So they would come in and they'd be like, okay, well, you have four kids, so you're going to give me one or I'm going to take all of them. And then they would make these reports saying that these kids are being neglected, that um, they were being mistreated. And eventually it ended up going to court because there was enough complaints for a judge to hear it out. And one woman was talking about how she was pregnant. And as soon as she was pregnant, they started showing up at her house and they started bullying her saying, well, you already have five kids, so you're going to give us this one or we're going to take all of them. Now, this is the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs or... Yep. And this, mm -hmm. okay, so now let me get this straight. The Bureau of Indian Affairs is obviously Native Americans, right? Or is um, it white people? I believe so. It's white it people. Part of the, it was part of the U.S. government. So the Bureau of Indian Affairs, this is how like some, like, because when I think of the Bureau, Bureau of Indian Affairs, it makes me, at face value, it makes me think that they're for the Native Americans, but they're exactly. not. Exactly. No. So they're out here trying to bully Native Americans into submission to giving their kids away. Still, right. pre still present day, this is happening. And, put, and they were taking these kids and they were putting them in white homes. And then and the parents were like writing letters and they're like trying to contact their kids and they're not answering them. And then the kids are asking about their parents and they're like, no, they're happy that you're in a good home now that, you know, you're, that you're okay. And so, so let me get this straight. Let me get this. Let me get this completely on on point to what you're saying. Today, 2020, there is an organization, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, that is run by the government. Not anymore. No. No, not anymore. Run by the. Not government. anymore. This is just what happened back. Back in the 1800s. I can't give you the exact date. It was past that, but. Okay. Um, no. So when they went to court, that is when they, they enacted ICWA, which was basically, yeah. So now they have the Indian Child Welfare Act. Got it. And that is ICWA. And they are the ones who contacted me. They are the ones who make sure that when children are brought into white foster homes, that their culture is being kept intact, that they're not being whitewashed, basically, that they are okay. being um taught their culture and exactly and so but the whole reason for that spiel was to explain why i was being treated the way i was right okay yeah we did get off on a tangent but i'm very like we i, I have many questions <laughs> about like so now you're being treated a certain way because you're being looked at as a white woman who's trying to whitewash Native American children or could potentially have gaslighted the kids into your home. Is that, is that correct? Not exactly. That's just what they want to make sure doesn't happen. Right, 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 right. They want to make sure that you're not doing that. And especially with uh, the newborns, like none of that happened when I had my older ones. I didn't have the tribe on me. I didn't have anyone calling me. It wasn't until I got Anna. And I think that was because they, a lot of the babies were the ones that were taken from the families. Is this still happening though? No. Okay. So it's not. I sure as hell hope not. Right. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, is this shit still going on that like they need to be, it needs to be looked into like this? Like they got to be looking at, or is it just they have this historical now bias because it happened in the past? And so now yeah. they, 
they see you and like you know what i mean kind of almost like a resentment toward the white person not like not to get into race yeah that would be that would be yeah that well that's definitely how it felt at times right you know are, i are, would what were you gonna say go ahead no you go <laughs> um you know there were definitely times where i'd have to take um like i had to take um my oldest to a summit and they were talking about you know white people and how bad they are and everything and i'm literally sitting in this room listening to this like feeling very uncomfortable right is you know, it like i don't do, do you get mixed um feelings about that where you're like i understand where it comes from but at the same time i'm a white woman who only has the best interest of these kids at heart and nobody's taking that into con- like is it this like no like, i totally get it you do totally get it i totally get it after like i said you gotta you gotta learn about it it's it's, hor- it's horrifying. It's horrifying what the U.S. government did to them. I mean, their whole goal was to completely get rid of them. Just get, like, genocide. Just wow. for whatever, whatever reason we had against them. Like, I don't know. Um, but no, I, I totally get it. And I will, I have done everything that they have asked of me to do they, make them comfortable. Do they see you as... Um, I don't want to say like their own, but like an ally, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I've been approved by the tribe to adopt. So, um, okay. Amazing. That finally worked out, but believe me, we, we had our differences. You had your, we definitely had our differences. And now the parents of the kids that you foster, I remember you saying, uh, almost tried to like, um, there have been times where they have issues with you being white. Is that correct? Oh uh, yeah, they still do. And I get it. Like I, I kind of do. I is it right? No, because you are. You can't blame an entire group of people. You know what I mean. But I get. I get the anger and the um the fear. I guess if like you know, even without knowing the history, do you like? when it comes to the parents, do you feel that same way or no? <laughs> uh, Not really. Next question. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that's a little, that's a little different. Um, because the stuff they blame me for has nothing to do with that. With the history. Okay. Um, that makes you sense. You know, it's, yeah. do you Do you find that a lot of the times parents, um, like the biological parents kind of have a resentment towards you because I would imagine if I were a parent, right? Um, like, a, you know, the biological parent of a child and I got my child taken away for whatever reason. Um, and then here comes this person that I don't know who's literally taking care of my child better than I could have. I would imagine as somebody who obviously has some sort of issues that I would have resentment. Do you get that a lot? Like where the biological uh, parents? Yeah. Too yeah, much. I have not too bad, okay. but um, I, I would say the ones I have right now, it's, it's probably been the worst Okay. to the point where I couldn't even take them to visits because she wanted it to come to blows. Oh, wow. Okay. Like homegirl wanted to fight you. Yeah, we we definitely had our, our issues. You seem like, and I've always gotten this vibe from you, but you seem like a very um calm. Like you have this calmness about you. Did like have you always been that way? Or is it in this process of, of being a foster parent and kind of having to be empathetic? to kids and to this whole situation like did that make you a more calm person because you just seem like a very like mm, I'm zen <laughs> I'm sure it's not always like that but your overall it's disposition <laughs> I'm sure that you're right I'm sure there are times where you're like oh my no, god but like it's, it's definitely not but um you seem like the very, most part like you're understanding like you have a deep understanding yes that I will that I will give you 
Yeah. I, I do get that a lot that people can talk to me. Right. You you do. You 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 seem very like I mean I've always gotten the calm vibe, but you seem very um like you you understand the human condition a little bit better. Is that from this experience? Or have you always been that way? Yeah, no. I think I've, I've always been that way. You have? Okay. Did this experience as a foster parent, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of uh, make that understanding like bigger? That's not the word I'm yes, looking for. but like, I would definitely say so. Okay. It made yeah, you- because I've ex- you know experienced things doing this that I never thought I would. Right. Right. Like, well, like what? Like just kids turning your tape, like you know, overturning your tables <laughs> and shit like that. Well, that and you know, seeing children that are physically abused and hearing their stories and <clears throat> some of it's pretty horrifying. Right. Right. And like hearing what they go through. And seeing them go back home. That sucks. Because I've, um, there's got to yeah, be. Yeah, that's, that's really sucks. You do everything you can, but sometimes it's just not enough. Especially if you know they're going back to a dangerous situation. Right. And that's well, one of the hardest things about being a foster parent is we don't have rights in that aspect. You guys don't. We don't. I don't have the right to say that they can't go home. Right. Or you're not taking them. I, I don't have that right. The, and it's almost it's almost that you, like you're at the mercy of the courts and the and the law. Um Yeah, basically. And the <clears throat> law the law like have you ever seen we're gonna totally get off on the beaten path here, but Go. I feel like it all ties in like foster care, child protective services. Um, mm-hmm. social worker, like all of this ties in. Have you ever seen, did you ever see that, um, documentary, the Gabriel, um, oh my God, what was his name? Gabriel Ramirez, Gabriel, the, the little boy who was severely abused by his mother. What was his name? I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. It was on Netflix, right? Yes. Did you ever see that? Did you ever watch it? I could not bring myself to watch it because I knew exactly what it was going to be. It was right. going to be the kid who was being beaten. It was going to be a system that let him down. Yes. Um, right. That's exactly it. I feel shit way too deeply. Like I feel too much. I, I knew I couldn't, I couldn't watch that. We watched it. Um, Did you really? Yes. And you literally cry the entire time because this poor kid, man, like was not only was he killed, but leading up to him dying, the abuse that this poor kid. Endu- I'm seriously going to start crying right now. No, like it, 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 um, I know what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something like it's, I, I want to say that it's, like kids who are abused aren't ever even close to abused the way that this poor kid was abused. But I can't say that. But you're you're watching it and you're upset for this little boy. You want to literally go jump through the screen and grab him and keep him safe in your arms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but you're angry. You're angry at the parent, the mother, for being the way that she was. Um, but you're angry at the system because essentially there were plenty of reports put in to CPS, random people, a a security guard at social services saw this kid with the marks on him and his hair missing and cigarette burns on his head and stuff like that. And this security guard called and was like, "I I have an obligation. I have to. Nothing was done for this kid. Nothing was fucking done for this kid. And so it's like, do you, you dealing directly with the system, do you feel like the fucking system is almost skewed against these kids? Like, not against them, but they don't do enough to help these kids? Um, I, I definitely had that feeling with some of the ones that I've taken care of. Um, 
you know, but one thing I have learned is that, you know, CPS especially, they are just like overrun Inundated. with cases, which not an excuse because there is no excuse for what happened to that little boy. Right. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, mm, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you're also right now, like, thinking of like your own experiences too I, I like are you like replaying certain experiences in your head where nope I'm just I don't know I just I just feel things too much right <laughs> you're an empath you're definitely an empath maybe 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 um what do you think like I get it they're inundated um and they can't uh, not that they can't but like it's hard for them to keep track of every single case that comes through you know what i mean what the hell as as you somebody who has experience with dealing with this you know the system what the fuck do you think could be even done with that i don't know i mean we have sometimes more kids and social workers. I know some of them have between 30 and 60 cases at a time and they have to, and they're in charge of going and seeing these kids. They have to see them once a month. They have to come into the home or right now stand outside and look at these kids to make sure that they're not being <clears throat> mistreated, especially with COVID because, you know, these parents aren't getting a break now. Right. <laughs> it's right. like kids 24 seven. Um, Right. I love mine to death, so I'm okay with it, but others are kind of like losing their mind. Um, <laughs> so they have to come out and they have to check on, make sure that the kids are okay. Um, and there's different ways of doing it. So there's foster parenting where you go through the county mm -hmm. and you're dealing with like CPS only. And then the way I did it was I had what was called an FFA and that was an agency. Okay. And the purpose of that was if I was accused of anything, they had my back. Got and it. there's no way you're going to be a foster parent for eight years and not have accusations brought against you. I've been investigated. I've had my life turned inside out numerous times. Um, Is it the kids or the parents? Like who's um, both? Wow. Okay. Both. Sometimes the kids will um, say something that's not true. Um, so my oldest thought it was funny to make something up as she said it was on a dare mm. and it got to cps oh and i went to pick her up from school and she wasn't coming out and i'm like what the fuck is she doing like it's right. been like over an hour and she's texting me going oh i'm doing this really quick oh i'm doing this she's not coming out so finally i pull into the school driveway and i see a cps vehicle sitting there right and I just looked over at her brother and I said, how much you want to bet that's for me? Because <laughs> I just knew. So I walk into the office and I'm like, I want to see my daughter now. And they're like, we're sorry, we can't let you do that. And I'm like, like, hell you can't. Right. Get somebody out here. I know who's here. Tell them to bring their ass out here and tell me what's going on. And so eventually I get shuffled back there and they let me know what was said, which I can't say, obviously. And I'm like, okay, that's bullshit. Like that didn't happen. She was with me at that time. We were right here at this place with so-and-so. It didn't happen. Right. And he's like, well, she admitted it was a lie, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we still have to investigate. investigate. So I'm like, right. fucking great. And it's so, just at that point a pain in the fucking ass, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Because they got. And it's scary. It's scary because. um once we left there, we had to go to uh, my son's school. They had to go and they had to talk to him and mm. double check my story. And then I thought we were done with that. And then I get a call on my way home from work and they're like, okay, well, it got sent to like the highest level of abuse or whatever at CPS. And don't be surprised if they show up at your home. I pulled in my driveway and they were already there. Yeah. Oh my God. So they come in my house and they start going through my closets. They're going through everything. Uh -huh. um, they were 
giving me a bunch of crap because they found like men's clothing or whatever in my closet. And I'm like, well, I used to be married. And well, we're just telling you that looks bad. Okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you, right, right, right. Um, you know, basically assuming or implying that I had a man here, which I did not. Um, and so then that gets taken back and then they go to my agency and they're like, we want to see every, everything you have on her. And they go through like my whole file and I have to sit here and just wait to be cleared. Wow. And it usually, it usually takes a few weeks, maybe a month. So it's, I mean, in this aspect, they got in trouble. Like my supervisor, whatever at our agency, the guy who owns it, he contacted them because they violated my rights by basically telling me what I had to get rid of, what I wasn't allowed to have in my own home. Right. Like um, men's clothing. You can't have men's clothing in your closet. Right. So I got rid of all that, but I mean, I didn't care. It wasn't mine, but still, um, it's, yeah, it's it's scary. Even when you're, even when you're innocent to have somebody come into your home like that and just invade every aspect of your life. And I was going to say, you. that's because they don't question you friendly. Like they're not looking, treating you like, like you've done nothing wrong. They're treating you like you've done something. Do you find that they give, and this is just a general question, not based in any opinion that I may have, but you having your experience, do you find that they give more courtesy to the parents than they do, like the biological parents, than the foster parents? Or they kind of treat you both like shit? Um, no, I've, I've definitely had, I, you know, it just depends on the freaking CPS workers. Some, some are on your side. Some are more for the parents. It just, it depends. It's like a, it's a hit and miss. Um, so, um, the girls that I used to have that I keep in contact with. Um, right. I found out during a visit that one of them had gotten hit with a belt because she had an accident and she was three years old, three, four years old. And I reported that and I had a CPS worker call me and basically let me know that I pissed that off that he didn't appreciate what I was saying about him and that I needed to remember that children lie. But did you see the marks on the kid? Um, I did not see any marks on her. She, she was there for like a, three or four days. Right. But so he I just heard about it when um, they came back because her older sister was laughing about it. Right. And, and, and now from speaking to because again i feel like it all ties in sexual abuse and, and and everything like that um when i spoke to suzanne izaza the the um sexual abuse person yeah um i asked her that question like should we be believing the children um and and, and giving merit to what these kids are saying when they say they're sexually abused or they're being physically abused or whatever. And as a professional, she said, yes, we need to be believing the kids. Why? Why? I mean, like, okay, yes. It, I, I would imagine in a situation like that, where you have troubled kids coming from troubled environments, maybe fabrication could be happening, but you can't take that sort of claim lightly at all. doesn't matter where the kid comes from. You know what I mean? No, especially from like a three or four year old, because right. the amount of detail that that child was able to tell, right? They don't they don't make that up. Exactly, and um, you you have to. I'm sure. I'm sure in the training you're taught probably. I would assume to how to deal with that sort of thing. No. Not exactly. Um, oh. I right. mean, you can go through all the training and like that they give you, but a lot of it is hands-on. Okay. A lot of it is just dealing with it in, in the moment. Um, they, they prepare you for like investig being investigated. They let you know there's no way it's not going to happen um, at some point or another. Um, but stuff like that, no. 
I, I was not prepared for that reaction. <laughs> and I didn't give a very nice one back. I don't blame you. Um, because I, I'm very protective of my children that right. are in my home. And I don't want anybody hurting them. Now, here's my question. They, th- okay, so they were under your care, but mm-hmm. they still have visitation with their biological parent. Right. So <clears throat> anytime they come into the home, they usually have visitation at least like once a week. Um, sometimes okay. it's supervised. Sometimes it's unsupervised. It usually starts out as supervised. Um, even Anna, when she first came to me, she still had visitation with her mom because the goal is always to reunify. <clears throat> with the biological parent. Right. So, I mean, that's always the goal. The, the parents usually have to do um, some kind of parenting classes. Um, if they're on anything, they have to be sober. They have to go to rehab, stuff like that. Um, even if the parents are in jail. I've had to take children to the jail to visit um, the parents before. I don't know. There's I, always, they try know. to maintain that connection. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that all the time, though. Sometimes kids will be better. I don't either. Okay. All right. I don't either. So. I didn't, I didn't want to offend, but like, I mean, I guess, yeah, of course you. It's just, it's just the way, um, the way things are. No, I think taking kids to a jail is really not a good thing. Right. I and, sure as hell didn't like it. Right, I, right. <clears throat> I don't, and, 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 and I don't think I necessarily agree with um, ha- always having the end result, trying to make the end result be them going back with their biological parents. Because, I mean, as, again, as a lesbian who, like, I see my sister and her wife and my sister-in-law is the biological mother of my nieces and my nephew. My sister has no biological ties to those kids. But, and, and which means I don't have any biological ties to those kids, but that means absolute dick to me. I would literally put my hand on a fire, like I would die for them. So I, I, don't, I don't know that I necessarily agree with this idea that kids are just going to be better off with their biological families just because they're their biological families. No, and um, absolutely. Um, there's definitely times when they're not. Right. You know? And I mean, Dina, whether she's like biologically related to them or not, I mean, she's an amazing mom. Exactly. I mean, right. Because you always share videos and stuff with them. I mean, those kids are so loved. Yeah. Best ever. Like, <laughs> thank you. You don't have to be biologically related to right family. You exactly like you, and I'm sure you feel the same way with with the kids that you you bring into your home. They're right. your kids, like you said it before. It doesn't matter that they don't look like you or whatever. They're kids. They're in your home. They're your kids. You're fucking taking care of them like that. And and I don't. I mean, look, again, going back to the documentary, which if you ever get the chance to watch, I I would watch it, but like at your own risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's going to be hard to get through, though. I can promise you that if you do decide to watch it. But um, like going back to that scenario, that little boy would have been better away from his biological family had he been taken out of that situation and put into a home, let's say of somebody of your liking, you know what I mean? Somebody like you, he'd be alive today, possibly, you know? So it's like, I don't, I don't know if I, nece- I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand. I, I haven't watched it. I don't, I don't understand how it could have gotten that, that bad that nobody did anything that nobody reacted. I, I don't understand that. It literally, it was, even the cops that were called, um, the mother, she was just a master. I mean, she's in jail now, the mother and the father. Uh, the mother and the Thank God. boyfriend. Are, yeah, they're in jail for life now. 
because unfortunately the kid had to die at their hands, literally at their hands. Um, but there were incidences where the cops were called and the cops came and the mother lied to the police um, and basically made it. And this is an eight year old kid, not even, you know, this is a young kid basically made it like he was the troubled one and the cops scared the kid basically like they believed the mother they everybody was just like right and they put the kid in the back of a fucking police car and like cuffed him to try and scare him because they truly believed he was this um uh like behavioral troubled kid meanwhile he was being fucking beaten this kid Mm -hmm. had this kid was going to school with patches of hair missing cigarette burns on his head there's pictures of him holding up a sign for Mother's Day, for his mother on Mother's Day with hair missing. And nobody fucking did anything. Teachers were, were, were putting in claims, you know, like there's something going on at the home. Nobody fucking did anything, you know? So it's like, I don't, especially watching something like that, like kids would be better off where they're safest. It doesn't matter if it's biological or, or not biological. They just I need. I just don't understand that. Right. I don't understand that. I don't. Under, I don't understand. <laughs> right. I don't understand how that could ha- how that happened. I don't know. Right. Especially with so many so many people involved. Exactly. Exactly. So many. Ex- like. They right. shut their eyes. Like. The, and police, police. Right. Police are good. They are. They're just. They don't understand. Like they do not understand the rules that we have to live by. I've had to call the police out here when my two oldest ones were fighting because, you know, once the person I was married to left, right. that created issues in the home, you know? So they would fight and get angry and whatever, and I'd have to have the cops come out here and the cops would come out and they would be pissed. They'd right. be like, especially when they're like seeing that I have like my books out and I'm trying to do schoolwork and they're like, you're I'm sitting here trying to better her life and you two are just being jerks right now like take your ass to bed literally take your ass to bed yeah yeah yeah. and my oldest would smart off to him Mm. and they'd be like you know she can smack you and I'd be like (laughs) no I can't and no I can't you you feel like I don't understand that the cops don't understand it right they're like they make it impossible for you to parent like how are you supposed to parent and I'm like you figure it out Right. Well, that's it. Like, it's almost like the system stacked against you and and stacked against the kids. Um, I don't. I don't think you should have to hit a kid though to get their attention. No, I, I just. I don't. I don't. I don't. So no. even if I was allowed, I would not want to. Right. But at the same time, do you feel as though one hand doesn't talk to the other? Almost like, do you feel as though? The, the 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 police sis, the police forces need more training in regards to situations yes. like this. Yes, right. yeah, a, a lot of them do. At one point, we had, um, so we had our agency, we had CPS, and then we had, um, it's like intense family counseling, and I can't think of that. Matrix. It was called Matrix. Matrix. So intense family counseling. Okay, so. They have a different way of approaching situations. Mm. CPS has a different way of approaching and the agency has a different way of approaching and none of them were on the same page. Right. So <laughs> their, their brother, when he was with me, mm-hmm. um, was violent um, and acted out a lot. And one of the things that Matrix would have us do is um, ignore the behavior, but not the child. So you don't acknowledge what he's doing. Um, you just kind of let him be. You just know where he is, but you don't acknowledge it because right. that feeds into it. Whereas the agency is like, oh no, you have to like hold him and hug him. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get punched. Right. <laughs> like, no. And then CPS is like, no, you, you, like if he runs or whatever, she's like, no, you pick him up and you throw his ass in the car. And I'm like, okay, but over here, I'm not allowed to put my hands on him. Right. So it's like, you don't even know. <laughs> these are all, 
like and I had CPS threatening me she's like like she was literally threatening me and she's like so if I'm telling you to do this then you need to do it and I'm like well they're not allowing this so I can't and she's like well you listen to me you don't listen to them but who essentially does have the authority at that point when you have all these hands the in law the, the, exactly and what the, and fu- the law says that we don't put our hands on them and CPS is sitting there telling me I'm wrong Right. And she's like, I think you need to be trained again. I think, well, maybe you need your own class because apparently you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. Right. So it's like, even within this, in this. Oh my God. It got, it got bad. It got so bad. And we were literally in a meeting at one point. And so these people are, you know, the intensive training or whatever, and they're telling um, our agency, well, this is how we handle it. And so the agency's yelling at them saying, I would never say ignore a child. And this lady is getting pissed off. And then CPS is over here saying, well, you guys are both wrong. This is what you need to do. Right. I freaking lost it. Like I'm sitting there crying because I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Right. It's like no matter what you do. And she's like, and then she comes at me and she's like, see, I don't think you can handle these kids. Look at this. You're crying right now. And that's when um, one of the agency people were like, no, this is frustration because we're sitting here fighting and she's stuck in the middle. Right. Like what is she supposed to freaking do? One hand and, isn't talking to the other. They don't. They're on two totally different pages. How are you supposed to? Yeah, and and that's horrible, because you have all these different people telling you how to parent, what to do, and that is a horrible feeling. Right. I don't. I cannot tell you how many times I cried in the bathroom because <laughs> if I did something that they didn't like, like on a having a bottle at the age of two. Like I literally had a social worker come in my house and take the bottle from her and tell me not to give it back. Is that the hill we really want to fucking die on though when there are children that are literally being burned with cigarettes and fucking abused? Like this is the hill we want to fucking die on? Right, and I'm like, well, her, the only dad she ever knew literally just walked out on her and if this is giving her comfort, I'm okay with it. Right, right. Um, There There are children at two years old with their biological parents, they're still sucking literally on the nipple, on the booby. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be a detriment to this child's develop. Like, that's not the hill you want to fucking die on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's. I mean, it. It can get. It can get crazy. Um, but the whole point of that little spiel was that eventually all three of those agencies had to sit together in a room and. They had to come up with a plan so that that never happened again right. to another foster parent. Did it, so, did it change their whole system? Like, did that situation kind of change it their, did. the whole system throughout? Okay. Well, that's it a did good make time. changes because at that point they had to realize these are the therapists and you're not. Right. So you can't overstep what they're doing because you're not trained for that. Exactly. And then as far as CPS, it's hit and miss. I've had a lot of, I've had amazing workers. And then I've had some where it's like, why are you in this line of work? Right. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand. Do you think that CPS workers can sometimes get like jaded with the shit that they see? Or like they're just not in the right fucking profession? That's just what it is. I can't imagine I can't imagine what, what they, how they deal. I mean, the stuff that they have to see, I mean, I get the kids after they're removed. So I I don't go to their homes and see what they see or get, you know, the calls that they get. And I mean, they have to take that home with them. How can they not? Right. Right. Um, I I, I wouldn't be able, I don't I think it's, I think it's incredibly overwhelming. Um, It's God. Yeah. I, Definitely wouldn't want to do that job. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I've thought about being a social worker too, but then I'm like, oh man, that would be fucking difficult, you know? It would, but I think you would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I also think you would make an amazing foster parent. I really Thank do. Thank you. I, probably... I think it would take some work because you got to learn as you go, just like I did. But um... I've thought, I mean, I have the thoughts cross my mind quickly it's like coming in and out you know what i mean um yeah i definitely want to whatever i do with my life i want to work with kids in some way whether it's like 
even taking this and doing like bullying speak like speeches at school whatever it is like i know i want to help kids you know but um now before i let you go um what would you say what a piece of advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about being a foster parent thinking about adapting do it we do i mean we don't have enough foster parents and yeah it's difficult i'm not gonna lie you're gonna get heartbroken i mean you can't you can't avoid it but i mean the good we do far outweighs the bad right sometimes we're the only good memories these kids are gonna have yeah no you're right wow i didn't even think you gotta you just you gotta you know I, i would encourage anybody to do it I'm thinking about it. I, I I mean, first I gotta find a girlfriend and then a wife, you know what I mean? And like I feel like move out of my mother's house. But once once that happens, like I yeah, I definitely have thought about adoption, fostering. Um, but I gotta say, you're it is God's work that you're fucking doing and you're you're doing an amazing job. Um Thank you. And I just love you as a human being, your energy and and now I love you even more knowing the, what you got to go through on a daily basis. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for thank me you. and for kids, for me and for, you know, for the kids. Well, you're a big part because you definitely make me smile. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> to put a Bob <laughs> Ross wig on and be an idiot. <laughs> seconds. But um, thank you. Exactly. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you. It was nice. Um, I'll text you. I'll let you know when this is uh, going to air, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>